おはようございます。みなさん、おはようございます。四本バナナポッカーソイ、よくぞ。あれはホストのジェフです。それに、アンジュルさんとドムさん、そしてジニーさん。今日は、ラングジを紹介したいと思います。楽しいですね。さて、始めましょう。<笑> What do you guys think about my introduction? I have no idea what you were saying. <laughs> that was pretty good Japanese. I did not expect that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope my Japanese friends don't hate on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. But anyway, did you understand what I just said? Could you say there was a language barrier? Which is actually today's topic language barrier. To start this topic off, I'll just start by saying about my own experiences with language barrier. So, I experienced language barrier on both sides actually,、uh, for both languages, English and Chinese.、Uh, Chinese is my mother tongue.、Um, when I came to Australia, when I was seven years old, I didn't know an ounce of English. And people made fun of me for that.、Mm. They made fun of my accent and lack of understanding. You know how it is kids are assholes at that age. <laughs> Um, even my Chinese friends, like at that time, they rejected the language. So, as a kid, like, even though I had a really hard time understanding English, I, I guess I subconsciously decided I wanted to get rid of my Chinese roots just, just to blend in better with the English community. But、um, mm. eventually, my English surpassed my Chinese.、Um, this time, it's already high school, and people were more accepting of my differences. So, I no longer had to deny my Chinese heritage, but it was too late and I couldn't communicate with my relatives in China as well as I would have liked.、Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's an example of like, you know, the language barriers we could experience either, you know, from either languages.、Um, so, I just want to ask all, all three of you, like, as overall, have you guys ever experienced language barriers? 100%. Even, I think, even in Sydney, you sometimes experience some language barriers, right? Say, if you go to like a yum chop place, for example, and then you're like thinking, oh, it's been so long. What is that word for this particular dish that I want? And you're like, well, I guess I'm not eating that today. Then. <laughs> I mean, for me, in terms of language barriers, I don't, I don't feel like I have, but I wouldn't know because I wouldn't know what's normal in terms of like learning from the actual home country. So it's very hard to fully see that. Difference, but I communicate in my like native tongue at home, like very frequently in general. So it, it doesn't really play too much of a part, I guess, in terms of the language barriers. Like I could speak totally fine in restaurants and stuff. Oh, okay. You had practice. Yeah. What, what, what about Jenny?、Uh, first time actually experiencing it would be when I started school. So parents never spoke a single word of English to us. And so I started. Preschool without knowing a single word.、Um, but I got lucky、mm. though, because I've got a friend there who was basically in the same situation as me. So we basically just communicated in Cantonese. <laughs> and Wait, then I was also lucky enough that we went to the same primary school. So、yeah. that continued. And then she left school early, like as in she changed to another school. So then that was basically when I had to start communicating in English. With everyone else. Actually, I, I take that back. Like, Ginny just reminded me. I think all through kindergarten, year one, I was actually speaking only Cantonese、mm. in class.、Oh, and then 
uh, because I couldn't, I didn't know how to speak English like fluently. And at that point, I think the teacher got annoyed and was oh. actually like, you need to speak English <laughs> in class. I, I, I didn't really care at that point. I still just spoke Cantonese and I slowly just added a bit more English. What a rebel. That sounds oh, nothing like wow. yeah. yeah. You've changed, Andrew. <laughs> but you guys were born here, right? I mean, Ginny was born here. Yeah, I was. But my it's because my family never spoke English to me. So where could I learn it from if mm. I was only exposed to family before school? Oh, interesting. Okay. So let's dive deeper. Did you ever feel a sense of belonging or lack of belonging because of this language? Yeah, so I reckon I definitely have felt a lack of belonging. So I feel that every time, um, for example, when I visit my family in Malaysia, so in Malaysia, we have a very like diverse range of languages. So you have Mandarin, Cantonese, Bahasa, Hakka, Hokkien, English. So like pretty much everyone has some level of basic understanding of all the languages. Whereas whenever, especially when I was younger, right, when I went back, I would be struggling to communicate with, say, my, um, my grandparents, uh, my aunties. And I, in, in a sense, I did feel um, that I didn't belong with my family as much. But then as I got older and I got to practice um, my other languages more often, I feel like it's almost like an exponential curve. So every time I go back, my Chinese would be really piss poor, right? And then after a week, it exponentially improves. I remember phrases, certain words, and I can actually communicate. But being that nephew, that um, that grandkid from overseas, I always got special treatment. They're like, oh, you know, so and coming to visit. Let's like make sure he feels really included, included and stuff. So I never felt too much like I didn't belong. Um, for example, if I didn't know the, if they said a certain word in Cantonese and I didn't understand, they might switch to Mandarin. And if, if that didn't work, then they'd switch to English. So I think I'm very fortunate in that respect that they speak so many languages and could always accommodate to me. Do you feel extra special? Like, mm. as in, because you don't know the language, you feel like, oh, I'm just going to not exactly take advantage of it, but, but there are some sort of advantage to it, like in terms of the treatment that they give you because of that language barrier? Um, did I ever feel... Mm, not? I guess I didn't feel special in that regard in terms of like language barriers. Mm. But I think just being that... Um, in my On my dad's side, I'm like... The, the last male because of that I always got like special treatment that my aunties always be like oh you know um, Dominic or they, they call me in Mandarin they're like wait where's coming over like let's make sure we, we make his like favorite food and I get like oh like chicken wings or like fried like fried chicken it, it'd be so good but in terms of language I guess they would subconsciously know what phrases or what words I'm more familiar with and use those words but I don't think it was really an active effort mm. is that a default language they, they speak to you in? Like, yeah so i guess mandarin is the is the default language that they all they so like for example if they need to communicate with me they would use mandarin and then if i didn't get that word then they probably switch to english did, um did, yeah. did it go the other way around where you were teaching them english no because oh. they just better because <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess that's like the education system of malaysia right because oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in, yeah. in, in the schooling you, you learn both english um chinese and bahasa uh-huh. so they're definitely like a lot more fluent like when i go to visit my cousins yeah, they'll just... It's always them accommodating me, not not the other way around. Okay. <laughs> in English, I don't know what it's called, but like in Cantonese, yeah. it's called Sundatwa. Mm. Um, it's like a province in Guangzhou. Oh, yeah. 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 And basically what happens is like, as a kid, they would speak to me in Sundatwa. Mm. And I always thought they were made up words. <laughs> I didn't know it was a dialect. Oh. I just thought... 
our family was silly and we like making up words and <laughs> phrases. Make your own language. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So no one else can understand. Yeah, you. yeah. Like I, I always say it as a joke, but they're like, "What? You know, you know, Sundawa dialect?" I'm like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> like when you just randomly speak to someone and they're like, "Oh, you know this dialect?" Like they're like. Wait what? <laughs> yeah, like wait what? Yeah, I was just being silly. And then no. they bombard you with that. And yeah. You're like wait, 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 wait. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Hold up, hold up. I didn't know I was that good in this language. Oh wow. That, that that just reminded me. Like it's actually quite hard sometimes for me to communicate with my grandma because my grandma actually speaks Thai Chinese. So yeah. Taishan, oh. Taishan, right? Oh. So it's not even Cantonese. Like as in, it's a bit of a. Blend the the way that they speak Cantonese, so it's not direct pronunciations of usual Cantonese words. So I'd be super confused, like what she would say, like when I was young. I kind of mm-hmm. got used to it now, but there's still sometimes where I don't understand what she's saying, and I would have to ask my mom to translate it <laughs> because she she will understand. But yeah, what, what your story just just reminded me exactly those, those sorts of dialects. There's so many yeah. dialects in Chinese. Like a hundred percent, you would have language barriers. I would say even if you know the majority of of that sort of Chinese language. So how do you keep up to date with your own language, Andrew? When I was young, I think it was the fact that I still went to Chinese school. So we would have to learn about it, the reading, the writing, the the speaking, and you would get exposed to the cultures. And through that, you kind of get exposed to the language quite often. And then back in the days, I guess my parents would kind of rent those VHS tapes for those TVB dramas. Yeah, so I'm not the only one, guys. <laughs> just saying, guys, you've been... Th- oh, no, this is a different so, topic. Continue, Andrew. Uh, I'd just like to emphasize back in the days. Um... <laughs> yeah, but what you said, so you're telling me like blockbuster stocked Cantonese yeah, films? Yeah, yeah so, so it would be in Asian grocery stores and then you would actually oh. go there. Yeah, hire like different sorts of episodes. So each tape would have like three to four episodes. Yeah, that's the same yeah. as me. But so, we borrowed it from our cousin, so I don't know where it came from. You stole it from Andrew. <laughs> yeah, that, at that point, I think that was how I practiced my language and ensured that, you know, I could still speak it quite fluently. And I, only, I mostly speak Cantonese at home with parents and I only speak English with my sister. I think doing that also makes, makes me up to date with the language. But if you're, if you're talking about slangs, like, I wouldn't know at all. But have you ever noticed, so even though you speak pure Cantonese at home, right? That's, that's what I do at home as well. The thing is, I feel like I could communicate with my mom really well. So I'm like, oh yeah, my Cantonese is not bad. But once I mm. go back mainland, it's like, no way, no way near am I as good. I think that's because the stuff that we say at home, there's only a certain amount of things that we say. It's like, oh, have you eaten dinner? What time are you coming home? It's those frequent things that we say. But then when you go out and talk to other people, then the conversation expands to like a, an unlimited amount of topic. Yeah. So all of a sudden you're like, oh no, which word should I be putting into this topic? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. My vocabulary is actually so limited. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever tried explaining like gaming terms in Cantonese? Because I tried to do that with my cousin and I could not explain it. Like <laughs> it was so hard because for example, there would be like magic, like what's thinking of that. Magic? What's the what's the word for magic, or like what's the word for HP, or yeah, you know, like those, those things that come so naturally in gaming terms. Mm. I would not know how to translate it, and you realize mm. how th- it is definitely not fully your native tongue. Yeah, that uh, actually occurred to me when I was working in Hong Kong as well. I had to present like an analysis to the team, and then because the whole team were Hongkies, like Hong Kong people, 
So I decided, you know what? I'm just going to do this in pure Cantonese. <laughs> Good luck. Oh, that was so hard. Like, I did not realize that learning all those technical engineering terms in English, I would struggle so hard to actually regurgitate it in Chinese. And then I was like, in the end, I was just flipping between Canto and English. And then I'm like, I, I don't do know English. how stupid I sound <laughs> right now, but, you know, I'm just going to continue. <laughs> I think Cantonese has a, a bit of English embedded in it, like as the, as the language evolved. Try, try to speak Cantonese without having any sort of English and it's actually really, really hard. I've played that game with my family and we, we just can't. Like fill in the words? Yeah, you would always fill in words. With, for example, a very simple one. Okay. Okay. Oh, you just got Is a hole? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you don't naturally say that often. Oh, right. oh I do. I, don't, I actually don't speak a single word of English to my parents. Try, try it. Pay, pay attention okay, to Okay, I'll, I'll try to be more aware of it. I, no, I, I reckon that's true though. Because like, similar to this topic, you're at home, you speak your native tongue with your parents or whatever. And then you almost develop like habits that mm-hmm. you end up using. You use these words in um, certain sentences and then it's only when you speak to, like Jeff was saying, when you go back to mainland and you actually speak to proper Chinese people and then you realise, yeah, hold on, like no, no one understands me. Or like mm. either you, you use the word okay and they're like, what's that? Or then you might just use a certain phrase that you don't normally use. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or just not being mindful of what language you're speaking in actually. Because I only realized this. I told my relatives, you know, my, my Cantonese is good. I communicate with my brother in Cantonese all the time. And then when I did communicate with my brother, they pointed out, dude, you spoke few words of Canto. Most <laughs> of it was English. I'm like, no way, you're kidding me. And then I pay, pay, yeah. More, yeah, pay more mind to how I was talking to my brother. And lo and behold, it was just a mix of both languages, mm. like a salad of language. Have you guys had the experience where you couldn't switch channels enough? Uh, fast enough so you would be speaking cantonese to your parents and then suddenly your friend would call and then you'd continuously speak cantonese forgetting that they don't actually understand cantonese i'm not that fault man <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> but like, i'm just talking about the, the fact that when you're switching languages you end up speaking the language that you previously said yeah. because because that's happened before and like to my family and like to me personally and then the, the other person would be like fully confused mm. and they'd be like I, I don't speak this. Like, I remember my dad actually told me that he was speaking Mandarin to his, one of his customers. And then afterwards, one of his colleagues, which is Korean, was talking to him and he spoke Mandarin. <laughs> and that uncle, that Korean uncle was super confused, was just like, I don't know what you're saying right now. And he's just like, oh, whoops, sorry. <laughs> and, then he, and then he ended up speaking like yeah, English. But those things happen, at least, at least for me. That's pretty cool because I don't think that has ever happened to me. Oh, really? Yeah, no. actually, it's pretty distinct for me. Like, I, it depends on who I look at. So if I see you guys, I'm not going to dive into Canto. Mm-hmm. But if I look at, see, relatives, family and stuff, it's an automatic switch to Cantonese. Mm. So I really have to put a single thought to it. Yeah, it actually feels uncomfortable to it talk is. to other people in different languages. Oh my God, you know, it's, it's hilarious. So... I met some friends um, at UNSW, so I met them in English, right? I've never spoken a single word Mm. in Chinese to them until when we got to, like, we all got that internship in Hong Kong. And then we only realized (laughs) that we all got it on the first day, but we were still speaking in in English with with each other. And then all of a sudden, the intro, like the inductions, we had to speak in Canto. So we were just looking at each other and then we were stuttering so much in Canto because it just (laughs) did not work. It was weird. Yeah, that makes sense because like you're so accustomed to Mm. speaking English and then Mm. you have to like manually make that switch and like, wait, hold on. How would I normally communicate in Cantonese Mm -hmm. instead? 
So I guess it depends on how I meet that person. Mm-hmm. Then I'll switch. The first time. Yeah. Do, do, do you have a specific like zone where like family you speak Cantonese and then like friends mm. you speak English? Yeah. So I I think that only happens to bananas. Like when I was in exchange, like some of my friends were from Hong Kong, right? And I remember some of them were just like, "Oh, why don't you speak Cantonese?" And I was just like, "It, it just doesn't feel right." Like <laughs> for me, it's just like Cantonese is family. And then English is friends. Yeah, yeah. Right? like that—that's that, how it works. So mm-hmm. that's why I usually just communicate in English. Yeah, it does—it doesn't fit at all. Yeah, yeah, it feels very different. Try running this podcast in, in Chinese. Oh, that would be Chinese. weird. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe we should do an episode of that. Just um, pure Chinese yeah, or dialects. Yeah, no, everyone just speak your native tongue, and we'll just see how far we get. <laughs> oh God, no, thank you. <laughs> so over the years. I've actually come to appreciate Chinese culture even more, and in turn the language. You know, just recently we filmed the Lunar New Year episode for this podcast, and we talked about why we follow certain traditions, and the majority of them are due to puns, which has made me realize how much our Chinese culture is shaped by our language. So I used to see traditions as rules, but understanding language has made me appreciate these rules and accept them. So there are already rules Chinese people swear by that are basically known worldwide these days, such as doing anything to avoid the number four, because four in Chinese sounds like death. Pretty universal. In China, you won't see houses with the number four in it. Mm. You won't have the fourth floor, yeah. etc. Yeah. Everything's to do with that. Even phone numbers. Phone numbers, the more eights you have in it, mm. the more, yeah. <laughs> or car plates. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you know no who's falls, you know definitely. that's an Asian driver when you see an eight 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 or something. On yeah, it. exactly. Or a six six six. I have one. <laughs> Dude, yeah, very lucky then. Like you, you drive around with luck, and then on top of the four, I guess there's also fourteen. So fourteen is like you're dead for sure. For sure. Yeah. Why? Like sub say. Oh. Sub say. Oh, okay. So like definitely will. Yeah. Okay. But I think I've seen 14 on in buildings. Well, you mean like here, right? No, in Hong Kong. Oh, oh. I think if I, get... I remember correctly, we live on 14th floor. Maybe it depends on the developer, right? Yeah. Or if they, you know, one, if they are Chinese or two, if they even care about being bothered to like skip, I don't know, certain floors or whatever. I, I think we're just getting more and more superstitious as we move on. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, more or less superstitious? More superstitious. More. People are t- paying attention less about whether the building nice and that sort of thing. It's oh, more of like right. those little superstition sort of things. Like people, mm. you know, fortune tellers, those mm. sorts of things. I'd know. do that. Oh, do you? I would so do that. Oh. Wait, what? Explain. Like, um, say if you buy a new place or something mm-hmm. and then it's all the feng shui stuff yeah. and then oh. all the superstition stuff. Like, dude, I follow that. Oh, do you? <laughs> Yeah. What, what, what are some of them? Do you know? Um, yeah. So say, for example, your kitchen can't be right in the middle of the house oh. because oh. the kitchen is where the fire is. And if it's right in the middle, it's the, it's like you're burning your heart. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Is, is that a pun or it's just... It's just a superstition. Okay. It's not really a pun. If you want to know more about a pun, it's like, I guess adding to on top of what we said in Lunar New Year episode, there's also you can't buy new walks on New Year. Yeah, why Year's. is that? Why, why is that? Do you guys follow that as well? You guys heard mm, of it? It's become a subconscious thing. Like, I know that if I'm ever going to buy a walk, it can't be like a new one because I think it wouldn't be used or like cooked in or something. I don't know. Right. Um, my understanding of it is walk is like an issue. 
So it's when oh, you know yeah. how when we say yeah. like, oh, thigh walk, oh crap, there's an issue. Oh, yeah. So you can't buy walks, mm. especially the big ones. Yeah, especially oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the yeah. thigh walk. More limited towards Chinese. So, so, so you don't have walks at home? No, more limited oh. towards. Lineage. Oh, no, no, linear, yeah, yeah. Linear, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. See, yeah. What I mean, right? The language is making us follow these rules, <laughs> mm. and they're making it up for you know people go one three one four. It's like forever in life. Oh yeah. 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 <sighs> Freaking cringy, and then five two zero is like mm. I love you. Oh yeah, I still say that's all that in these my numbers. Mind. It still doesn't make like I, yeah, I, I, I don't see how it says I. I. I feel like that's pushing it a little bit. It's it's trying to people are trying to commercialize on it. Mm. I feel yeah. like yeah, that's like, what like, I'm the, saying. The new just, ones, yeah, they're, they're deliberately creating different sorts of homophones and. I think and it's just things. getting worse and worse. It's just like it sounds even further and further from what it actually does yeah. sound mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. Maybe someone just couldn't speak it properly, <laughs> and then they're like, no, it means that. <laughs> Well, so do you follow these feng-, feng shui like even in your own house right now? Uh, not like every single bit of it, uh-huh. but there are ones that if we know about it, then we don't do it. Uh... So like doors can't be facing each other. Why? Oh, oh, I don't know f- how to... Isn't it like, because then the, the luck or whatever will flow through? Mm, it, it's like stuff just pieces through you. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. So in Cantonese, it's like, it's like chong. So yeah. it's something just rushes into you. Like say if you have a house, right? And your front door is a hallway that leads to the back door. Then I guess everything will just pass through. Yeah. You. Whereas you want it to be like going through multiple doorways, like hallways getting stuck almost in your house. Me and Jeff are just looking at each other like super like yeah. informed yeah. right now. Really? So, yeah, I've never heard of this. Guys, I'm, I'm surprised Dom knows more than you guys. <laughs> Not as whitewashed as I thought. Yeah, the, the banana's ripening now. Yeah. <laughs> Do your parents tell you this or? I don't know if it's just like rules, but I'm def- like this one I'm definitely aware of, I guess. I don't know where I heard it from, whether it's from my parents or from just general discussion, but that one stuck with me. Yeah, I just get way too overwhelmed with how many rules we have. Mm. Just get someone who knows about it. And when you're looking for a new place, just take them up. And be like, is this okay? Is this okay? Thanks, Jenny. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Jenny. Thanks, Jenny. Thanks, Jenny. Let's not limit the topic to just our mother tongue. Any funny travel stories, just your language barrier? I traveled a few years ago with me, me and Dom. We went to Taiwan. It's interesting because I can't really speak Mandarin. I can listen to it a little bit. I can't speak Mandarin. But I can read the Chinese words. Dom can, is very fluent in speaking Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so that's kind of how we got around Taiwan. So he would be the one that would communicate, and I'd be the one that kind of reads. So we would constantly communicate with each other to order food. That works really well. Yeah, it worked out well in the end. But I remember one time when one of our friends, like he was, he was practically at home, and he couldn't, uh, he couldn't speak or read. So so he, he needed to get breakfast that morning. Uh, so so what he had to do was he went downstairs and the person seeing him, you know, black haired, like Asian boy, was speaking to him in Mandarin and I remember him telling us that he didn't know what to do. So all he did was like he legit just pointed, pointed at yeah. one specific like item on the menu mm. that we always got for breakfast yeah. and was just saying like that one. <laughs> that's, that's all he said but uh when it, we were in Taiwan. But that, that's one one story that I, I remember. And another story is when I was in Japan. So in Japan, very naturally, sometimes you need to know where the toilet is. There was one time where I actually went up to a Japanese person uh, and then I was just like, toilet wa doko desu ka? Oh, yes, yes. I so I was just stories. like, where is the toilet? 
But the problem is, if I say that, they assume that I know yes. Japanese. So they give me directions in Japanese, <laughs> and I'm still confused. So... Uh, so, I, must say English. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 so in the end, like, I still ended up just speaking English, asking where the mm. toilet was. There's those sorts of language barriers that yeah. I've experienced. No, I had the opposite, where mm. language barrier wasn't a problem. So oh. I was in Japan as well, mm. and I went to these bars. And basically, with our phone, we just talk to each other using Google uh, Translate. Oh. Yeah, I've used that before as well. Yeah, yeah. How'd... Like, I um, took my parents to Japan. We were on getting a train from the airport to our accommodation in Osaka. And I just, I just wanted to double check that we were on the right train. So you see this bunch of, like, salary men, and they've probably been out drinking. I think it was, like, uh, just past dinner, maybe, like, 8.30 or something. And I was using Google Translate as well. Yeah, it actually worked out. I think... They had some issues with like their tech with their technology as well, but yeah, we, we managed to communicate well enough. I I speak into my phone in English, it'd go to Japanese, show mm-hmm. it to them, and then they try and do the same. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun yeah. thanks to t- technology. I think it depends. Like bar hopping sounds like more chill, right? Because you're not in a rush and you don't oh, want to like. I'm trying to like organize for my parents that we get to the right place, and I'm like, look, please, please work. <laughs> yeah, but then in that instance, like if you didn't have the app. Would be would have been even harder, right? Yeah, technology's come a long way, I reckon. Mm. Wait, so, so did you just translate it to Japanese? Did did they translate it back to English for you? Yeah. No, they just continued. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 as in, as in, I, I was assuming that they might speak English. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. Uh, okay. So, so they exactly. just continued speaking Japanese, and you just continually used the app. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like both of us, both of us was mm-hmm. just as clueless mm-hmm. for yeah, either yeah. language. Yeah. yeah, I used Google Translate when my friend and I went to Korea. Because some places, the English menu and the Korean menu is different. Oh. And it's different prices as well. Yep. So yep. every time we walk in and then you can see that we're not Korean. So they give us the foreigner menu. And then we're like, no, nah, we want the Korean one. And then I think it's Google Translate. You sync it, you link it up to your phone camera. And then as you oh, aim like it, translate. Yeah, yeah, it live yeah, yeah, translates yeah, yeah. it for you. It doesn't really work that well. Because yeah, we, we ended up like ordering, we don't even know what we ordered, honestly. <laughs> we looked at the English words and we're like, it still doesn't make sense to us. Mm. But we ordered it anyway, because we're like, I'd rather eat something weird than be ripped off with that foreigner right. menu. Yeah. It'd be a fun experience. Mm. It, was, it was fun, yeah. Did you get good food? Though? Yeah, yeah. What was yeah. it in the end? Do you remember? I don't remember. So uh, it wasn't too good, yeah, and okay. it wasn't too bad either. Yeah, it must have been okay then. Yeah. Actually, you know what I just remembered? So, you know how, Andrew, you were talking about our trip to Taiwan earlier? Yep. yep. I remember reading on like a similar to Ginny's story, like to save money. I remember reading on a website that if you got into a taxi and they realized you didn't speak the native tongue, they they try and rip you off. So I remember I made an active effort every time I got into we got into a taxi. I got in the front seat. The first thing I'd say to him, like I try like strike up some small conversation after like telling him the location. The thing is, I don't know how to say the location in Mandarin, right? So I'd show it to him, and then he'd be like, he'd be like, okay, and then I'd start like trying to create some more small talk. I think it worked out because. If I remember looking at the prices that we had to pay, mm. it wasn't that bad. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think we got scammed that way. Oh, shoulder. But doesn't it show the price on the taxi anyway? Or? No, it does. I think some. So I read online. So maybe it doesn't happen to everyone. But uh-huh. you know how you know how cabs are. Sometimes they just take like a really long route, or they take mm. you around. Uh-huh. So like. Yep. I remember speaking to him and I'd also be on my phone looking at the most direct route to see if he's actually taking it or not. Because mm. then if he, if he starts deviating, I'm going to start speaking to him again. <laughs> Make sure you don't scam me, man. Speaking of getting scammed by cabs, like I got scammed like in like, when I was able to speak in English and that was when I was in New York. 
So I was specifying one specific number of a street. Yeah. And the cab drove it all the way to the other side oh. of New York and then mm. went back. And I, I was... So on Google Maps, I saw it took 10 minutes. It took yeah. me an hour. No. <laughs> Did you not say anything halfway? No, I, I told them and he was just like, it's traffic jam. And I was just like, are you serious? Dude, I think that's just a thing they do with tourists. Yeah. They, they hear yeah. you don't have a, like mm. a New Yorker accent. They're like... Yeah. Mate, I'm taking this guy for mm-hmm, a ride. Mm-hmm. See, Dom does an active effort of speaking yeah. Mandarin. You got to put an active effort in putting that American your, your accent, accent yeah. on. Oh my God. Like, do you like some Boston accent? <laughs> Boston. Boston. Oh gosh. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. That's so bad. Yeah, that was fun. Very, very interesting things that I learned from you guys about language or language barriers or lack of language barriers as well. Um. You're welcome, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening everyone if you enjoyed this podcast don't forget to subscribe to us on spotify google Podcasts, or apple Podcasts. new episodes every time you start a new work week <laughs> where's the japanese version of this outro <laughs> Subscribe shitte kurumas. Facebook, Instagram, soshte, Twitter or follow shitte kudasai. Oh, sugoi, sugoi. Zehi, four bananas podcast at gmail.com. E email or okurete kudasai. Arigato gozaimasu. Sayonara. Sayonara.